And hey, welcome to the Access Podcast. This is Pastor Jake. I have my good friend, Nicholas Mayo, a.k.a. N.R. Mayo. Hello, hello. Today. And uh, we're, we're, we're doing a first of potentially multiple quarantine conversations here on the Access Podcast. So we're really looking forward to it. We're uh, missing people. And so we wanted mm-hmm. to have conversations to hopefully bring some encouraging content to the interwebs. That's right. Nick, how you doing this morning? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. I was going to ask you, because uh, what you were just saying, do you find that being that you aren't talking to too many people right now, that when when you do get on a phone call, like you're over talking? I'm at least finding <laughs> that to be pretty true for myself. I'm like, people, and then just words start flowing. <laughs> So who knows yeah. where this podcast episode will go today? <laughs> yeah, yeah, this could this could be an interesting conversation. I'm either way. Hopefully, it'll be entertaining for people if it's not encouraging or helpful. Right, right. <laughs> but no, we're we're doing good over here. Emily and I are just on lockdown. Um, luckily, we're both able to to do our teaching from home. So Emily's teaching her students over on the other side of the state through video and and just through uh, different online platforms and then I get to do the same thing for the discipleship students so this this time has been actually quite a fun time of of getting kind of creative within the ways that we get to connect with our students and uh and helps out for Emily and I both to to kind of encourage each other along so we're doing pretty good over here awesome yeah Remmer's been taking this uh this quarantine time and he's learned well first off he popped his first tooth and now he's Ooh. learning how to walk. Um, he took 14 steps this morning with no help. Wow. Which is sweet. I was counting. And then he also learned how to give kisses on the cheek. Oh. All within the last week and a half. So it's been like, he's really just growing in this uh, <laughs> quarantine season. That's right. We need to all be like Remmer and take this quarantine yeah. season to just grow for, into new life. Personal growth, yeah. <laughs> So with the with the steps that he's taken, is are they like pretty sturdy for the first little bit, but then like the last five are kind of the the running fall? No, I have to basically have to trick him into thinking that I'm helping him. Sure. And so I'll hold one hand and then I'll gently let go and then I'll jump in front of him. And then he'll be trying to grab my hand, but then in trying to grab my hand, he keeps walking. <laughs> because he just wants to grab my hand because he wants help sure. walking, but then he is walking. And so nice. he's starting to catch on a little bit more and more. And we're hoping by the end of the quarantine that he'll be, he'll be walking. Yeah. Just remember you said that now he might be, uh, <laughs> he might be eating those words later on as he's running <laughs> around and getting into all more no. trouble. <laughs> I know he's running everywhere, getting into everything. That's hilarious. So you're doing the, the dad bike move of <laughs> holding yeah. the back of the seat for a little bit and then letting go and going, you're doing it on go. your own. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But we're doing well too. It's been, it's been interesting to say the least, but it's, uh, it, it's, a, it's a, it's, it's difficult, but at the same time, it's, it's an opportunity that you, it's forced upon us that I think mm-hmm. we can use for good if oh, we're absolutely. intentional. Yeah, absolutely. I think that yeah. that this is actually, I was talking with Pastor Tom the other day and we were just talking back and forth. And I, I really do think that this is, this is actually a time for the church to flourish, uh, the church mm-hmm. as body 
and, totally. and to really start activating ourselves as church's body and and not move away from the idea of church's institution because obviously we we love meeting together corporately within the the buildings of the church but right now is is such an amazing amazing opportunity for God's children, Christ's body, to really step up and activate this time. And I, I think that this is going to actually propel us into creative new opportunities uh, and, and really open up a lot of space right now, being that we're locked down for the rest of the month, um, open up a lot of space for his children to really just pursue his heart, get the time that we constantly say, oh, I don't, I just don't, I can't find time for it. Well, yeah. That's been removed off the table, and now we actually have the the capacity of being able to to dive into the things that we have so often said that we don't have time for, including dreams and visions and things that God's laid on our heart maybe for the last few years uh, now opens up opportunity to be able to dive into those. So I think we could all be like Remmer once again and, and really activate this time <laughs> to to press into spiritual growth, personal growth, and maybe even emotional and, and mental health too, as, yeah. as different weaknesses I wanna, get revealed. I don't want to get into uh, the conversation of, is this God or, you know, right. where did this originate? God, devil, you know, I don't want to get into that, but I do uh, want to make a note that I do believe bouncing off of what you're saying, that God is, God's hand is all over this and that he is turning, you know, it's Romans eight twenty eight. God uses mm-hmm. all things, Right. He uses all things for the benefit or for the good. And for, he turns things around That's what right. the devil meant for evil. God turns for good. Uh, Genesis 50, 20. And I think he's doing that with this as well. Um, you know, that where, where people are going into panic, I think it's an opportunity for Christians to really shine and more mm-hmm. so shine. It's really be consistent and filled with peace. And that's what shines to our families, to our friends is, putting our faith, our trust, legitimately putting our trust in Christ yeah. when the world is putting their trust in government, president, mm-hmm. right? Governors, you know, doctors. It's saying, listen, we're going to listen to those people, but our trust what we're building our life on is Christ. Mm-hmm. And as we do that in times of uncertainty, I think it's a, it, it sends a message to the world that we're not just an institution, we're not just a building, we're not just a religion. We are a group of people who are following one man mm-hmm. who's eternally accepted us and filled us with new life, new perspective. Um, and we don't put our faith and trust in this world. And I, I just think now is one of the best opportunities in my lifetime to really show that. Mm-hmm. I, had, I had a friend uh, last weekend who doesn't go to church. He's from high school and he texted me out of the blue. He's like, Hey, does your church, uh, do live stream services? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> yeah, they do. And I sent him the link and, and he, had, he watched church for the first time. You know what I mean? He, there's yeah. cert- people are searching for, you know, the answer to what can bring me peace mm-hmm. uh, in the, in this time. And so I, I kind of said it in the live stream at Access, you know, Christians are created for crisis. So anyway, that's just some of the thoughts that I have around, you know, is God, what's God doing in the midst of this season? Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about it the other day and I'll, I'll just share a quick little story. 
I was on a Bible app uh, playing with the students. We were doing uh, one before and we're doing another one right now. And uh, I forget what the topic was, but I started, I started like something clicked. And I remembered back when I was a child, my dad, like our father and son time was always spent in the garage to where we would do different projects. We'd work on different vehicles. You know, I grew up as a car guy. My dad was a car guy. That was the way that we bonded together. And as a young kid, he would, he would invite me into these projects. You know, I probably didn't help out too much, but I would go and grab the tools and kind of watch and observe and just get to spend time with pops. <clears throat> and I just, the other day, as I was writing through a, a reflection on the devotional that we were going through, I started remembering back to the different times. And this would happen quite frequently to where my dad was always kind of a, a handyman. And we would be working on whatever project it was. And we would hit a point where we didn't have the part for the job. And, and all of a sudden, there'd just be this, this pause of silence. And then out of nowhere, my dad's finger, his index finger would just shoot up in the air and he'd go, ah, 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 yes. And then like he would just dart out and either go inside or go over to a, like a, just a trash bin kind of junk bin that we had in the garage. And he'd go like rummaging through it. And he would come back with this random broken part and go watch. And then he would just disassemble it and then make the part that we needed out of the, the broken piece that he had just gone and, and gotten. Right. Hmm. And, and I, I was just thinking of, of like you were saying, Romans eight twenty eight of uh, just that aspect of, of God taking the things that we typically call rubbish, the things that we typically count as failure in, in these different aspects. And, you know, like my, my dad of young, uh, would throw his index finger up. I was kind of getting a picture of God throwing his index finger up and going, ah, 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 I have a, I have a purpose for this, this broken piece and we can use yeah. it as part of the redemptive solution. And I just, it was, a it was kind of a comforting thing to think through the other day of just realizing, um, you know, whether we can see the, the beauty in this time or not. And again, it's not to even go into the aspect of whether God created this or designed this or anything like that. It, it has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with God uses all of these things as broken as we might call them for the betterment. And we can partner with that redemptive plan too in the way that we use our time and the way that we approach this situation as well. We can be creative just the same. So just a, a quick little anecdote there of, of something that I was, I was thinking through the other day as I was going through scripture. That's a, that's a great, it's a great imagery. I kind of leads us into um, kind of the next, next spot that, that we want to go in this conversation is what have you been studying, praying through in this season in the last two, three weeks as the mm -hmm. COVID-19 has spread throughout the world and not mm -hmm. so much the actual infection, more of the hysteria, the messaging, yeah. the, the all-consuming media presence of coronavirus. Yeah. Um, what have you been studying? What have you been reading through? Um, yeah. Yeah. These last few weeks. Yeah, I've been, I've been going through quite a bit. There's, I, I tend to at any given moment kind of dive into to multiple different aspects and, um, Per usual, I've been doing quite a bit of reading, and one of the one of the books I, I talked about this on on my live stream that I did this last Monday. One of the books I'm going through is is Richard Foster's Celebration of the Discipline, mm -hmm. and and one of the disciplines that he was talking in there was the discipline of study, and 
and initially, you know, as I was reading through it, Emily and I were up at, uh, at my dad and, um, stepmom's cabin, uh, two weeks ago. And I was reading, starting into the book up there. And as I was going into that chapter, I was, I was kind of thinking as we all typically do about study as the aspect of, oh yeah, studying a book, studying scripture. And then he expanded it out. And, and I just love when authors do this and when people bring a whole new perspective in of really studying humanity, studying ourselves. And, and honestly, right now I've been just watching um, specifically our generation because, you know, you and I lead our generation uh, in certain degrees and we, we get yeah. to partner with our generation. So just watching and studying both how I, one, handle this situation you know, maybe the, the areas that I might, you know, for lack of better terminology, excel within this area, uh, and be able to celebrate the things that God's done in my life that I might not have responded in this way years ago, but then specifically the areas that, uh, in, like I was starting our conversation off talking about how, uh, when I'm not talking to people, I'm such an extroverted talker, uh, that, I find when I get on phone calls with people or when I get face to face with, with individuals, uh, I do do an excessive amount of talking and kind of recognizing what's going on inside of me and actually studying my own soul of going, what's the thing that I'm, I'm hungry for there and how can, I, how can I bring that back to the Lord in my quiet time and have that be replenished, you know, mm-hmm. have that not be such a compulsive thing to where I start just jabbing along as I'm talking to people on a phone or anything like that, or running conversations or butting in over people or anything. So you have full permission to (laughs) tell me if I'm doing that during our conversation here. I think we both like to talk, so I don't think we'll have to. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You have grace. I give you grace because I do the same thing. Thanks, buddy. So, and, right. and then just so that book spirit, the spiritual or the disciplines, celebration yeah. of disciplines, celebration of the discipline, um, and, and just studying, studying culture, studying how, uh, how the news and media is trying to put specific stories in front of us to kind of link back to, to one of the previous access messages. Um, but to just really watch the stories that are being put in front of us and watch what's going on during this crisis, um, during this time. And, and then also going, God, how can I be partnering with you to, to speak to your children, to encourage your children, uh, to really bring life into this situation. Um, and, and I've gotten some specific things and I've been able to, to do so with some, some different people, but yeah, that's kind of one aspect. I think, you know, you, you're talking about narratives in this, in this season and which mm-hmm. narratives we're listening, which stories we're listening to. It brings to mind, I can't think of his, his name. It's Jim from the office. He made that video. What's his mm-hmm. name? Uh, Jim, uh, John, Ryan. No, it's not Ryan. John, Maybe. John, John Krasinski. Krasinski. He made that good news or yeah, good news yeah. video that went viral. Yep. And it's just so funny how people, that got so many views and so, it's so viral because people are just craving a positive twist to what's going on True. in the world right now. And, you know, there are uh, good things happening. There are like, you know, I was, I was, can't remember who I was listening to. I think it was Sherry Prince. She has a friend who's in China and has connections to the underground church in China. And 
they're just mm-hmm. saying like the underground church is exploding in, in wow. the in the wake of uh, the coronavirus wow. over there. And it's just you, know, you don't hear those stories. You don't. You're not hearing that. You're just hearing you know the political right. Uh, discord between China and America and the world and how they you know, didn't tell us soon enough and all these things. And right. all, all the while the underground church Christ is expanding the kingdom mm-hmm. um, underneath all of the noise of the media. So I just, you know, to anyone's listening to myself, you know, cause it's so easy just to pop on the news or on social media and hear all the things that are going on. It's, you have to do some, we have to do some extra digging, but if we will dig, we can find the silver lining really mm-hmm. you can find the redeeming work of, of God in this pandemic. Yeah. And uh, putting those stories in front of us is, is extremely important in mm-hmm. order to maintain hope, maintain consistency and maintain uh, uh, emotional health <laughs> even. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, who's doing that extremely well is Vicki Sluter. She uh, is constantly posting up just positive things that she's seeing uh, the community do on her Facebook yeah seen her posting something about uh, there's a Facebook page that's helping to link uh, healthcare workers with RVs that are just kind of sitting off in people's you wow. know driveways because they're not traveling down to Florida right now and and partnering uh, just a, a shelter for healthcare workers to be able to quarantine themselves in a, in a healthy and safe way uh, and just watching the community step up in those those incredible ways or the the billionaire over in in China that sent over a, a ton of just medical supplies and, and different things that America needed to be able yeah. to, to help out in this crisis. There, there are some people that are really stepping up and, and partnering with, with God's redemptive plan. It's beautiful. Yeah. Well, my, my aunt Char, Kyle Mervine's mom, mm-hmm. she's been, she like knits and sews and, and stuff. She's in, she's been making masks yeah. for different doctors our doctor's offices the last few weeks and goes and just drops them off. She'll make, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 masks and go and give them yeah. to a doctor's office. And they're in desperate need. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's so cool. That's, yeah. that's such a, that's such a part of our, you know, our people and our church family. That's like, man, we need to, we need to share more stories like that. You know, like yeah. billionaires, like the people that are doing good work in order to support, whether it's doctors or just support people in this time. Right. Right. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. Um, so yeah, that's, that's been the, the study side has been one of the big things that I've been focused on. And then, um, you know, as we're coming up towards the, the Easter Sunday and just leading up to that, I've just been really looking at the cross from a lot of different perspectives, looking at what is our, what is our response to the cross? Um, when we, when we take into account the, the early church and the response of, let's say early Christians, it would have been early disciples, but let's just say it this way, early Christians, what their response was to the cross. It's, it's really a a beautiful thing. It's a a horrific thing, right? I think it was Thursday's access live stream was talking about just the passion of Christ and and going back and, and watching through the passion of Christ and just seeing just how, how brutally gruesome uh, the cross really was. Um, We've, we've turned it into a, a piece of jewelry to adorn ourselves with when actually it was a crucifixion. It was a, uh, a device for murder. It was a, uh, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Execution device, right? Yeah. And just really getting back to the weight of, of what happened on the cross. Um, not just the, the physical weight, although that is a very passionate, beautiful, gruesome, glorious thing that Christ endured for the, the, you know, the hope set before him, but then also the, the spiritual implications there and the reality there that was released. It was a revolution that was began of Christ dying and raising again, ascending to the Father was a, a declaration of the kingdom being established and that there was a whole new way of life offered to all of humanity if they would simply choose to partner with and to step into but then when I, when I look at the early church and the way that they responded, it wasn't through, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that these are bad things. It's a great thing that we do an Easter celebration that is something for us to celebrate, right? But it, the, the way the early church celebrated was by giving up their entire way of life in following mm-hmm. full-heartedly after this man Christ, after his kingdom, and in, in pursuit of his lordship over their life. It wasn't something that they simply celebrated on Easter Sunday and then walked away as if it didn't change their life. It was literally revolutionary on what it did. I mean, you have you have the, the people sitting up in the upper room waiting for days for the Holy Spirit to come because Christ simply gave them the declaration that they should do so. They literally walked away from their job. They quarantined themselves, essentially. They sheltered <laughs> themselves into the upper room, just simply waiting for the promise of the Holy Spirit. And, and we can read through these things so quickly and, and think through them so quickly that we miss the implication there. This was people giving up their life because of the beauty of the cross. Uh, and, and I've just been really looking at just a lot of that from different aspects and going, what's that, what's the implication for my own life? You know, am I, am I treating Easter as simply the, the yearly celebration that comes around or am I treating it as a, a revolutionary act that Christ did on my behalf uh, that then opens me up to a completely new way of living? Wow. I think, you know, it's just something I've been studying this past week, the, that they call we call it Passion Week, just Christ's last week on Earth, and you know, and you think about all the things that happened, and you think about the cross, and when I think about it, you know, Bethany talked about it in the live stream on Thursday that you know sometimes we can treat it as information or history, mm-hmm. and we can lose the the like you were talking the weight that he that we he was carrying in the moments leading up to the cross, and yeah. and I think we do ourselves a service if we revisit that often, you know, not just like mm-hmm. you're saying, not just, Oh, I'm going to study the the last week of Jesus's life right before Easter, because it's a good thing to do. You know, it's a, <laughs> it's a, we can never get the cross off the forefront of our, our attention or our focus mm-hmm. or the resurrection, you know, cause not just yeah. the cross, it's the cross and the resurrection. Um, yeah. But how can we do this in a way that, and, study it and understand it in a way that it changes the way that we think about our future, our present. Mm-hmm. You think about maybe some of the even uh, difficulties that we're having emotionally or we're having relationally or we're having mm-hmm. just in our own, right? Whether that's habitual sin, whatever, 
anyone or myself or we're dealing with, when you look at the cross and you, you seek to pray through it and, and meditate on it and study what it meant right in that time, it actually puts into perspective everything else that we, that we might be dealing with. It, it puts right. it in perspective and then the Holy Spirit then is able to come in, in, in my own experience has been able to give me this, re, not resurrection life, but this just kind of like the wind at your back when you're sailing, right? It's like mm-hmm. you're striving, striving, but then when you look at the cross and you look at what Jesus did, it gives this wind to your back that allows you to, to live with more peace, um, you know, to, to navigate relational struggles more mm-hmm. consistently with scripture and, and, and consistently with God's heart. And it really just, it sets the course for your life. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's just incredible. It's like nothing. You, know, you can do all the study that you want in the Bible, but when you study the last week of Christ and the cross and the resurrection, it does something to your soul. It does something to your spirit that is unlike any other study that I do, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, it's it's such an invitation, you know, like there's there's such a maybe gravitational pull might be a good descriptive of it that as we as we focus on the the final days of Christ before the cross, we look at the agony that he went through, the despair that he went through, but then the difficult choices he went through and made uh of you know, father not my will but your will be done, mm-hmm. you know, when we when we do that, there's, there truly is a, a gravitational pull again, for lack of better terminology that draws us into that because that's the lifestyle that Christ is, is calling us into, right? We're, we're called to live the cross life ourselves and it's not going to the cross and dying for the, the sins, but it's going to the cross of our life and dying to self hmm. and, and going in the same way that Christ said in, in the garden of Gethsemane, you know, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. That's the life that he's calling us into. So there's, there's that beautiful pull that it just pulls us into it. And it starts to conform us into that image, right? Second Corinthians 318. When we behold that glory of Christ and so much of the glory of Christ is seen in the passion of Christ and in the passion of the, the death, burial and resurrection, that we're transformed and transfigured into his image and likeness. It just does something in us when we, when we focus on it, when we look at it. It's, you, you said something that sparked all sorts of thoughts in my head. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the cross is not something that we're not supposed to go to the cross to pay for our sin. But we're supposed to go to the cross to die to ourself. Yes. And, uh, it's such a counter cultural thought mm-hmm. in a way of living. Mm-hmm. Um, it's counter humanity, counter to our humanity, which is to give up our desires, our perspectives, our freedom, whatever, you know, whatever we have, we think we have to go to the cross and say, I'm done. <laughs> like, right. Have right. it all. You can have it all Lord, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, Romans six talks about, I just pulled it up here. It says, it says we are buried with Christ by baptism into death that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the father, even so 
we should walk in newness of life. Yes. And I don't, I want to like, in my mind, when I read that, I've always just read it over, but when you read the order, it says we're buried with him in his death by baptism. Mm-hmm. But then it says the only way to walk in newness of life is to be buried with him in death. Right. And I think anyone, right, any Christian, any any person who's following Christ would say, yes, I want the resurrection life of Christ. I want, I right. want the life that God has for me. I want to fulfill my purpose. I want to, you know, I, I've admit, I, I've sincerely expressed this to God so many times in my life, you know, and, 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 and the time that it actually transforms me is when I'm willing to lay down everything. Right. And that's actually the doorway into resurrection life. Right. You know, as I'm even talking about this, I'm, I can't help but think through the new song, Christ Be Magnified. Yes. Um, I think Cody Carnes wrote it, but everyone knows it because uh, Corey Asbury uh, right. did a cover on it. But there's a part in the song, um, it's, it's the bridge, and it, it, it really hits this side of, of going to the cross and being hung there too. It's like, if, if that's what it takes, hang me there too. That's what it mm-hmm. takes for me to to live the life that you purchased for me. And it talks about being in the fire, like, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. This is, I rejoice when I'm in the fire because I know you'll be there too. And it's just a perspective that I think is really easy to get excited about in a song when you're surrounded by (laughs) hundreds of people and and there's music and drums. Mm -hmm. But when it's a prayer, right? When it's an inward prayer that we take to the Lord on a consistent basis, that's where the transformation of power comes, not in a bridge in a song, yeah. although that's helpful and it's encouraging. It's when those things get personalized in a decision to really lay down our lives yeah. and lay down and to follow Christ in this newness of life that he has for us. Yeah. It is such a, a beautiful thing and such a, a great invitation for us to to step into the the resurrection life but first we must 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 die to ourselves and that's where setting you know putting it this way setting the story and i know i am fully along the same lines with what you were saying with beth sharing on how we can sometimes look at it as just a historical count or just a story and it's by no means just a story but we do need to keep the story of the the crucifixion and the time leading up to the crucifixion before us because that story will transform us into his image and likeness and and draw us into the same kind of forgiveness forgive them father for they know not what they do the same kind of surrender god not my my will but your will be done in in just the character and nature of christ so well and 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 what i what i'll say is i know i mentioned that studying is extremely important like you talked about Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like studying the life of Christ coupled with meditation, with prayer, with with right. truly contemplating is the place of transformation. Because we can't just read at surface level. We have to deeply consider what Christ has gone through. And that's what mm-hmm. changes us. So when right. you meditate on that word day and night, when the word gets in your heart, the Holy Spirit makes it come alive. But you know, you're, we're talking, and I think this is a great place to, to land the conversation it's in Matthew 16, but it's actually in every, every gospel Jesus talks about. Um, I'll just read it here. Matthew 16, 24 
through 28 or through 27, Matthew 16. It says, And Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow mm-hmm. me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. Talking about their life. Yes. Yes. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what they have done. Truly I tell you, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Mm -hmm. And the interesting part about this passage is that it's the only teaching or one of the few teachings of Jesus that are found in all four gospels. This idea of denying yourself. If you want to save your life, or if you want to save your life, you're going to have to lose lose it. it. And that's, and it starts out here. He says, whoever wants to be my disciple, Mm -hmm. whoever wants to be my disciple, that's, it's literally a requirement. It's, you know, you go and you fill out a job, application and it says you know that the minimum requirements mm-hmm. like a minimum requirement right you need to have this on like not your resume but you have <laughs> to have in a sincere desire say god i give up my rights i give up my life and i hand it over to you so that i can receive the life that you have in store for me and yeah. as we think about easter as i as i consider that sunday as palm sunday and Passion Week is about to start. Um, I think it's a, it's such a life-giving time to consider, meditate, and study and read through all of these things that Jesus has, has taught us in his last week. Mm-hmm. Do, you have any, do you have any parting thoughts, Nick? Any, any parting thoughts as people yeah. are in this quarantined life? Yeah, you know, I... I'll take both of our conversations here, the conversation that we started with and the conversation that we ended with and combine them of just, you know, kind of recasting um, just the the image that we have such an opportunity right now to partner with God in such a creative and and beautiful way and to make sure that we're utilizing this time so that way it's forming us into uh, the person that, that Christ is calling us to be, right? That that disciple that you were talking about, that's us. He's calling us into discipleship and utilizing this time. And and for anybody that goes, well, I just don't know where to start. This is the this is the perfect opportunity taking what yeah. we're talking about of, of looking through the four gospels of, of just observing the, the life of Christ, the passion of Christ and in setting it before us in this time to allow it to form us, to inform us, to conform us and to transform us into the disciple that God's calling us to be into his image and likeness and, uh, and really utilizing this time to really set the beauty of Christ before us. And it will do something in us and and we'll be a different person at the end of this whole quarantine time, which I think all of us should, should desperately want, uh, to, to have a transformed life, 
uh, and to get to the end of this time and know that we've invested it wisely and not just mm-hmm. allowed it to slip through our hands or, or spent it on Netflix or Instagram or, you know, whatever the, the different things are. Not that those things are bad, but, but used in, in proper portions, you know, once they become our entire time, it's, it's going to inform us in a completely different way and actually <laughs> transform and conform us in a completely different way. So let's be intentional on keeping the, the picture of Christ before us in this time. Yeah. My, I think the biggest thing that I would, that I've tried to keep in my own life is a consistent schedule in this time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. so easy to, to have everything be whacked out and you lose your rhythms. The biggest thing for me is keep your rhythms, keep your mm-hmm. rhythms as much as possible, right? Keep your rhythms. Even if you don't have to be anywhere, like uh, on a certain day, you have nothing on your agenda. You're at home all day. Get up on time, right? Take a shower, right? Get dressed in normal clothes. Don't stay in your pajamas all day <laughs> and, yep. and really set right down. Get a to-do list, things that you want to accomplish in the day. Don't let your day slip. Use them not just to benefit, you know, and grow in other areas, but to grow spiritually, to grow in your health, to grow in your emotional health. Um, take the, the the day and don't let it, you know, slip through our slip through the cracks. Don't stay up till four a.m. Right, <laughs> whatever people do at four a.m. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in this time, I, I'll just I'll just end by saying this time Christians are created for crisis, but if we don't dig in and use it then we'll conform to the world and we'll react and respond and look just like everyone else. When in crisis times, it's our time to really lead, lead in peace, consistency, and hope. And we can't do that unless we're in the presence of the one who is peace, who is hope and uh, who is consistent. And that's Christ being in his presence in the word and prayer. So this has been our first quarantine conversation. I had a lot of fun. (laughs) <laughs> enjoy great. with me i missed our conversations the last few weeks yeah i really enjoyed it and we're hoping to bring other quarantine conversations in the near future so stay tuned have a blessed week and a blessed day here's what we say ciao ciao <laughs> that's great